We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Aiden Hutchison, defensive end, Michigan. Jared Goff winds up. Touchdown, Detroit. Josh Reynolds. Comes the blitz down the middle and on the fly. Jamison Williams, extra speed on the gas and gone. Touchdown. Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 292 on the Blue Wire Network. I am Hero Tyler, joined by my main guy, as always, Mr. Malcolm Hart. No Peter with us, but Mr. Malcolm Hart, how are you doing, my man? Woo! What is going on, man? Yo, we are back. I am excited. Uh, you know, we just had the NFL draft. And the Lions came out on top. I think they had a phenomenal draft. But we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about that in more in depth. But yeah, man, I'm doing great, man. I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm, I was actually seeing if Pierre was here to kind of extend his intro again, but uh, <laughs> no Pierre today. Uh, I mean, he, I know he's on vacation right now, so salute to him. He deserves yeah, it. Yeah, he de- definitely deserves it. But yeah, man, I, I'm excited, man. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. You know, obviously we've been waiting this waiting for this day for months, obviously, to do this draft recap and to finally actually see the result and stop with the mock drafts and talk with all the Twitter talk, the quarterback talk, and like all that. Like now that it's all kind of finally done and like you actually see the results, it's kind of like relieving, but like you kind of miss it at the same time, you know? Like I kind of missed going on Twitter and seeing no, people do doing not. all these mock drafts all and all that talk. I do not. Uh, I do not miss it one bit. The whole, the whole, you know, pre-draft saga, I would say, was very stressful. <laughs> it was stressful for Twitter. It was stressful. I mean, I think it was just the whole quarterback thing that was driving me crazy. The whole Anthony Richardson, then turned CJ Shroud, and it was just like, okay, like shit, you know. But I'm glad it's over. I'm glad that we're now talking about the draft guy, the guys they drafted. So let's yeah. go, man. I think we said this for months. Like, usually we kind of have more of a pulse of what the lines are going to do, like in the first round at least. Like, we kind of know maybe not exact player you're going to go, but like we have a couple options that like the lines could do here. I think this was the first year I-, I could say confidently since we've done the podcast where like 
there was no idea what we had. We had no idea what to really expect, especially day one. And we definitely got the unexpected. And we're going to talk about all that. But I think we got to talk about something before we talk about the draft. And that is DeAndre Swift getting traded. And he got traded on day three. So I want to get your thoughts on this, Malcolm, because I know DeAndre is your guy. They ended up shipping him to the Philadelphia Eagles for a 2025 fourth round pick and they ended up doing a seventh round pick swap for this year's draft so what's your what's your initial thoughts on Andre and DeAndre Swift man um I I'm, I'm still a big Swift fan I can't even lie man I think when Swift is healthy I think he's probably one of the most dynamic running backs in the NFL uh probably you know I'll say top five as far as dynamic as far as you know be able to catch up on the backfield you know once he's in space he's able to make guys miss I just love I love his play style, man. And it's very unfortunate that it did not work out here. You know, he did have a long, 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 long list of injuries in Detroit, which is very un- unfortunate, man. I think he's like I said, I think he's very talented. And if Philadelphia is able to, you know, keep him healthy, you know, you're talking about the RPO between him and Hurts, that's gonna be nasty. Uh, I do we play them next year? I don't want to. No, play them. not in the regular season. In the playoffs, we will probably. Thank God. Uh, I, I I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you that RPO between Hurts and Swift is gonna be absolutely disgusting. It's gonna just it's gonna be nasty, man. So I I mean salute to, salute to him. I know he won the. He wanted to go to Philly. I think that's that's his team, or he's from it's his hometown. Yeah, his hometown's Philly. So I know he grew up a Philadelphia fan. So this is when you salute to him. I know he's happy. So what's what what's your thoughts on it though? Like, are you? I know you said you're a fan of him, but like, you know, is it sad that like the the era of him in Detroit is over? Or you I know, mean, did you? I mean, to be honest with you. I mean, we even talk about who we drafted in the first pick, but once they made that selection, the writing was on the wall pretty much. Yeah. That uh, he's either going to either be traded or or traded. I, I think there was no in between. Uh, that you know, I think he's just going to get traded. I mean, it's, it's what it is, man. And my thoughts on it, like I said, man, it's it's unfortunate that it did not work out here because I, I loved him as a player, but he just couldn't stay healthy yeah. to save his life. It just shows the, the the running back position of how like dreading it really is because you could be a guy in college who when we talked about when we drafted DeAndre Swift like he didn't have the big workload like some of these other guys like at Alabama for example who get like the crazy workload and we, we thought that was an advantage of getting a guy like Swift like because you know he didn't have the crazy workload so maybe the longevity will be there but it just it, it didn't end up coming true we had pretty much an injury every year in the deandre swift era and it felt like kind of last year when he got hurt and then when he came back and they weren't using him the way that we thought they should the writing was almost on the wall so and obviously that came true this offseason when they went out and signed david montgomery and then we're going to get into this draft right now and what they did with this with this first round selection so again it is unfortunate but like you said i think the writing was on the wall after what they did this offseason with getting David Montgomery and then what they did in this first round by, by drafting Jameer Gibbs. So let's just get right into it. The Lions selected Jameer Gibbs at pick number 12. Not pick six. They ended up trading back and selected Jameer Gibbs. So obviously the Lions were slated to pick number six, traded with the Arizona Cardinals, got a second-round pick in return. So they got pick 12 and pick 34, and they selected running back Jameer Gibbs, Malcolm, what is your thoughts on selecting Jameer Gibbs? 
Oh man. Oh, I'll say this. Okay, so this is a pick that absolutely nobody, and I mean nobody, seen coming. No, no draft analysts, no mock guy, nobody seen this coming. Jameer Gibbs to Detroit, pick twelve. I think it's kind of ironic because that's the same selection that we picked Jamo. So it was like a, that's like an Alabama selection, pretty much. You know, once we if we ever trade to pick twelve, I mean, just. We could just say that they're gonna select somebody from Alabama, but um, as far as wearing number one, <laughs> wearing number one, um, shoot, man. To be honest with you, man, when they made the selection, was I shocked? Yes, I was shocked because again, nobody's seen this coming. Um, but the excitement, I just thought the, the excitement of what's gonna happen is, is something that I was thinking about the entire time um when you look at the value the positional value is definitely not there all right now people are going to say you know we shouldn't draft the running back that high or he could have been there second round he wasn't going to be there second round because uh, you know right after um the falcon selected um Bijan at it's like my eight yeah it's like the Bijan at eight so once that happened you know gibbs was gonna is, is the second best back so gibbs he wasn't gonna last the second round um probably wasn't gonna may not even be there at 18. I mean, who knows? But I think what he's going to be able to bring to the team, and, and the reason why I love the pick is because it shows that Detroit is looking to, you know, they're looking to to, to get pretty much go for it next year. And what I mean by go for it is they're trying to do everything they possibly can to get a guy that's going to come in immediately to make the team better. And that's what Gibbs is going to do. Gibbs is going to come in right away, and he's going to make the team better. And the the thing what I love about um, Gibbs is the, for the first six weeks that we're gonna miss Jamo, um, the first six weeks that he's gonna be suspended. Everything you could do with Jamo, as far as those gadget plays, the swing plays, those those, those uh, you, you know those 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 whatever whatever plays you want to run with Jamo, you could do that with Gibbs. You know, Gibbs is a guy who he could line him up out wide. He's a guy who's dynamic in the backfield. I, I just love the pick, man. I, and I think he's going to make – I think he makes the team better offensively. So that's why I have no complaints. I have no complaints whatsoever about Gibbs. Now, I know you, Tyler, have a different opinion about it as far as your first reaction. I mean, I'm probably sure it probably changed once you sat down and thought about how amazing this offense is going to be with Gibbs and this offensive line and how dynamic it's going to be. But I just want to hear your first – how was your initial reaction? Uh, initial reaction was like, wow, what do we just do? We just took a running back at pick 12, and it wasn't even B. John Robinson. It was <laughs> Jameer Gibbs. Like, you know, we've had the talk and, like, the arguments of B. John Robinson in the first round, and, like, we've had some good debates there. But to see a running back and it wasn't B. John Robinson, it was Jameer Gibbs, it was definitely a complete shock. But to be honest with you, when we were sitting at pick 12 and, you know, we traded back, I actually had no idea what the Lions were going to really do because, you know, there was no more Jalen Carter, who obviously they passed up at at pick six. Tyree Wilson was gone. Uh, Witherspoon was gone. I'm like, okay, maybe they go Christian Gonzalez. But to be totally honest with you, I wouldn't have loved that pick either way either. So I didn't know what the Lions would do. The only guy I really liked on that board, I know a lot of Lions fans didn't agree with with me on this one, but I liked Lucas Van Ness. But I don't know how much the Lions loved him. So I didn't know what to expect 
at pick 12, honestly. So when I saw it sitting there, saw the pick was in, I'm like, I don't know. And then it ended up being Jameer Gibbs. And initial reaction is, wow, we just took a running back in the first round. And I'm never going to be a big fan of taking a running back in the first round, let alone the top 12. Just it's, it's never going to be something I, it's going to sit right with me, but I will say, did we get a good football player that's going to help contribute date one? Absolutely. I, I think we did get that. And you mentioned that we are going to be missing Jamison Williams for the first six weeks. And you can't necessarily get everything that you're going to get out of Jamison Williams from Jameer Gibbs because obviously they're two different positions. But like you said, there, there's some certain plays that they probably had lined up for JMO that you could now do with Jameer Gibbs. I will say this, though. Jameer Gibbs has to be a big focal point into this offense. And I think they, I think he is going to be. You don't take a guy at, at pick 12 and he's not going to be a big focal point in your offense. Um, obviously, in New Orleans, where Dan Campbell comes from, what's the first thing you think of of a dynamic receiving back? Elvin Kamara. And I could see that happening with Jameer Gibbs. And it kind of looks like Brad Holmes this offseason kind of built that backfield almost like that New Orleans when they got Kamara and they had Mark Ingram. I see a very similar right here now in Detroit with Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. It's like you're, you're kind of your power back, go to the goal line situation. So if that's what we're going to get out of Jameer Gibbs, I think people are going to say forget positional value because if, if that's what you're going right now, you're going to, you're trying to win right now and you get a guy that's going to have a high impact on your offense right away, then it's not a bad pick. Now is the longevity great for it? We don't we don't know because running backs in in recent history haven't had the longevity of getting a good set or when they get that second contract, not being able to live up to that to that second deal. But hey, do you think the Niners regret trading for Christian McCaffrey? I don't think they regret trading for Christian McCaffrey because I think he gave him a legitimate shot of getting him to the NFC championship game with all of those injuries. So your best friend as a quarterback is your running back. And we've seen that in this league before with Jared Goff in 2019 with Todd Gurley. So, you know, if, if that's the impact that he's going to have on your football team, I don't think we're going to be talking about positional value anymore if he has an impact right away. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't think we are. I'm, I honestly feel like, you know, as the season goes on, we're going to forget that he was drafted, you know, that the whole positional value thing. I think we're going to throw it out the window because of the impact he's going to bring to the team. And that's why, you know, even Brad Holmes, he he even said, that's why, I mean, as far as positional value, it, it shocked me that we drafted Gibbs because we didn't see Gibbs going that high. Um, I don't think anybody did. Uh, but, you know, Brad Holmes has a different valuation on him. But Brad Holmes even said, you know, he's not going to look at – he don't look at positional, positional value. When he drafting, he just he's just gonna get a guy who's gonna he feels like he's the best culture fit and he's gonna make the team better and that's what they did. So at the end of the day, I think is a really I think it's a good pick. Now is it an A plus? Probably not. You know it's not an A plus. I wouldn't even go A. Uh, if you had to grade that pick, what, what what would you grade it? So a lot of think factors into it. Like I said, running back position is so weird because a guy like DeAndre Swift, we were probably saying the same exact things when we drafted him, right? Like that he could be your Elvin Kamara, your Christian McCaffrey in this offense. But like we've seen in this league, that position could get hurt so, so easily. These guys take a beating on a weekly basis. So it's really tough because we talk about all these guys being great and like when they're healthy, but – are they going to be healthy just because the, the position is so 
beating and you took a guy like that at pick 12 it's it's risky it's definitely risky they're putting their balls on the table right now brad holmes and dan campbell they're putting their balls on the table because if this doesn't work out and he's injured just like we've seen with running backs in the nfl this is gonna look really bad for brad holmes even with the track record yeah that's gonna look really bad on his record that you took a guy at pick 12 that wasn't able to stay healthy so um if he's healthy obviously it's going to be a great addition to the squad no doubt about it but if i had to grade it for positional value you're looking at second contracts that doesn't really line up in the nfl right so if i had to give it a grade i I would go like c c plus probably on the jameer gibbs selection and that's being that's that's being nice of you man I, i thought you didn't go like d or something yeah um shoot you know I, I personally I have a little bit higher. I have it as a straight B. And the reason why I'm going B is because even Brad Holmes, what he said in his presser, kind of made a lot of sense. That he doesn't look at Jameer Gibbs as a just running back. He doesn't look at him as a running back. He look at he look at him as a football player. And um, if you're gonna do that, and if you're gonna utilize all his strength as far as his, you know, line him up on the outside as a receiver sometimes, uh, you know, get him some swing passes, then have him running in between. Doc- I mean, he's a really good back, man. He has really strong legs and he's super fast. He makes a lot of guys miss. So. If you're gonna do that, I, I give it a B. I think it, I, I, I think a B is fair um, for Jameer Gibbs, uh, and that's why yeah I'm going. Hey, prior podcast listeners, it's your boy Malcolm here. And if you're a sports better like me, let me tell you about Odds Traders. Odds Traders is a place to compare all odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotional codes from different sports books to get the best deal. This app also provides player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather so the bettors can make the most informed bets as possible. This app also has bet trackers so bettors can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Looking to maximize your bets? Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's O-D-D-S-T-R-A-D-E-R.com slash Blue Wire. Oz Traders, the number one site for your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Well, let me elaborate why I gave it a probably higher grade than you expected. Because if this was, let's say, the Lions last year, this would be a D. This would be a D. But this is a different situation than it was last year. Context matters. And you said it in the top of the show. The Lions are going for it right now. And they have the roster to go for it. They have, I think, the best team in the division to you know win, win that division. And I think they are a legitimate top three team in the NFC. I, I legitimately believe that right now the Lions are a top three team in the NFC. So when you have your roster more built out and you were able to build out your roster from the last two years, you could go a little more luxury. You could fill in more positions. You could get guys that could help contribute day one, and you're not really thinking of a second contract right away. So that's why I gave it a little higher grade. Now, like let's say, like I said, this was last year, and we took Jameer Gibbs at pick 12. I probably wouldn't be as happy. I wouldn't be as excited. But with the team that we have right now, it makes me ease up to it a little bit more. Shoot, I don't think I think everybody would probably be pissed because I mean, you think about it this way. I mean. Swift wasn't on his last year of his deal, so we don't we wouldn't have known what was going on with Swift. So if you did that move and you know coming off three three through three thirteen, mm-hmm. not not good. Yeah, <laughs> that definitely wouldn't have been good. Um, but I mean, shoot, this year look like I said, man, they're they're going for it. They they want to win this year, and and the way you do that is you bring in guys that you're confident. That's not going to be a project right now. They're not going to be a project where you got to set them for a little bit and see if they work out or, oh, let's, let's get a quarterback and sit them between, behind golf and, you know, have him not do anything next year for us that, you know, we feel like we could win. They're getting a guy who day one is going to contribute. He's gonna he's gonna come in and he's gonna make the offense better, and that's what you that's what they need. That's what teams who have the mindset of hey we can win next year, that's what they do. They bring in guys that you know look they're gonna contribute right away, and that's what Gibbs does. And I'm excited, man. I think yeah. he's gonna be phenomenal, man. You know, I, I think sometimes we get caught up too much of looking second contracts and long term, but like we have to realize building a dynasty like the New England Patriots is damn near impossible. Yeah, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, building those, like, 10-year windows are so freaking hard. So when you have a window, even if it is, let's say, three, four, five years, maximize it. Go maximize that potential that you have right now. Why look down five years down the line and say, oh, we could be dominant for this many years? It's, It's too hard, man. It's freaking impossible. You have to get Patrick Mahomes. You have to get Patrick Mahomes, and you have to get Tom Brady, like you said. Not many teams have the opportunity of building 10-year windows. So when you have a window to win, I, I don't blame teams when they have an opportunity to go maximize it. And, and that's what Brad Holmes is doing right now. The window starts as soon as this season, and then I think you have three, four, five years after that to maximize that full window. Yeah, yeah. and if you, that, that comes with one Super Bowl or a couple Super Bowl. Trust me, nobody's complaining. Man. That's what I'm saying. No. Like, You think Lions fans are going to complain about a fucking Super Bowl? We've been no. waiting for a playoff win for years. We haven't won a playoff game since 1991. We have one playoff win in the Super Bowl era. Yeah. You think Lions fans are going to complain about a Super Bowl and then they yeah. have to rebuild for a couple more years after? No. Especially if Brad Holmes, the guy that's doing rebuilding, who's going to care? Yeah. <laughs> who's going to care? 
Yeah, I mean, we've seen teams like Philly, obviously, like they won their Super Bowl in 17, went through a little rebuild, and obviously last year they're right back in the Super Bowl game itself, and they have a window right now to win too. Yeah, they do. And, and, and they're maximizing it right now too. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are, man. That, that's why I say, man. When you have the opportunity, man, just go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there, there's no waiting. Look, look at the, what the Rams did, and I know the Rams are in a pretty bad spot right now, but they had that window to win. They went all in and they won, and it got them a Super Bowl out of it. So hey, I mean, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Yeah, I think this really goes two directions for the Lions. It's like either Brad Holmes is going to be the guy to deliver a Super Bowl, or this is going to fail ultimately. But I feel confident that this is going to be able to deliver a Super Bowl. Don't say that. <laughs> but, like, that's true, though. It's true. I mean, they're putting all their balls on the table right now. Man. And they're really maximizing this window. So it really goes one or two ways. Yeah. I mean, if this thing does not work, man. This is going to be one of the most all-time failures of all time. But, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm really confident. I'm really confident with this team, the staff, and what they're able to do, man. So I'm excited. I want to get your question. I want to get this question to you before. So what was your thoughts when we were sitting at pick six and Jalen Carter and Tyree Wilson? I know those are two guys that you like kind of like me. They were still sitting there. I said, oh, shoot, we're about to get Jalen Carter. That's Mm -hmm. what I said. That's what I said to myself. I was like, oh, shoot, is it Jalen Carter time? Like, are we going to get Jalen Carter? Uh, We didn't do that. (laughs) But, I mean, that just shows that um, there's there's more to it than we thought because Jalen Carter is definitely a guy who – Deserving. If you look at just talent, he's deserving to go in the top five, top six. You know, he, he, he's deserving because he's a top player, you know, talent-wise, second defensive, best defensive player in the draft. So it, there, there's more to it. Um, I guess the character issues were just too much for them, and they didn't want to pull the trigger. Yeah. I have no idea where he was in the draft board, but I, I can tell you that Jameer Gibbs was much higher than him. Yeah. I mean, I, I said this throughout the whole process. Since the Jalen Carter stuff has come out, I, I wouldn't be mad at Brad Holmes if he if he did end up pass on him because if he's not a fit for your culture, then I, I completely understand it because there's obviously some red flags and we don't get the access of being able to know all that information, obviously. All we really know is the football player of Jalen Carter. Now, like you said, the talent is definitely deservedly so of being able to draft that guy at pick six. But with the character woes and they had all the interviews with him and whatnot – you know, we, we don't have that information. So I said it all along. I wouldn't be mad if they ended up passing on him. It hurt a little bit. Tyree Wilson was sitting there. I know there was some medical concerns, but he was kind of sitting there right there. That would have been my pick if, if I was there at six. But we'll talk about what they got. I mean, they got extra second round pick, and we'll talk about the pick that they end up using it on. So, you know, other than that, you know, it, it wasn't. I'm I'm not mad at that pick. As far as, you know, passing on Tyree Wilson, like, you got to think about this. He already has medical issues. Would you rather have a guy who could trip you right away, like Jameer Gibbs, or a guy that he's coming in in hurt, you draft him hurt? Yeah. And you know, we already have bad luck with guys being hurt. Um, You know, would you? I, I still would have. I still would have went the route the Lions did. Now, Tyree Wilson was medicals was perfectly fine, and he was good. And yeah, man, yeah, I would love to pick, man. But shoot, I just can't. I don't. I don't think you should risk that. Well, it, it again, we don't know that information. Like we just know no. there are some medical concerns. I don't know how serious or how non-serious it is. Like I don't know if he's going to be good for OTAs and training camp. I don't know that information. They have, they know more than I do, right? Exactly. So and you don't want another Levi situation where a guy who just he comes in hurt and he's just banged up his whole career. Like yeah. like you don't know. Like I don't know. I'm just basing off talent. That's who I would have went just knowing from talent. Jalen Carter, Tyree Wilson. But like I said, I don't know all the information of those guys. So but so 
we ended up training back. They looked like they weren't comfortable taking either of those guys. Took Jameer Gibbs at pick, uh, pick 12. So, Woo. all right, let's get into our second first round pick order. There was some chatter pre draft that this pick could potentially be traded to another team. They, they were looking to trade back, but they ended up sticking it out and keeping pick 18. And they selected linebacker Jack Campbell from the University of Iowa. What's your thoughts on that? I absolutely love this pick. I absolutely love this pick. You're talking about a guy who's, I mean, he's built like a Patricia type linebacker. When you think about Patricia type linebacker, you're thinking about slow, bulky, and uh, can't move. But he is six four, like what two fifty? Is six four two fifty? Is that, is that his, his size? But uh, he's a sideline to sideline linebacker, man. This guy is. He ran a four six. Uh, he is very, very, very instinctive, man. Like he. He has great ball skills, and that's that's something that, like I said, we we're missing a lot of that last year. But he's great at coverage, great instincts, and you know, reading the quarterback, um, making plays on the ball. And like I said, he's a sideline, sideline linebacker. I, I I absolutely love this pick. This guy was a captain on his team for Iowa. Shoot, I, I love I love this pick. I think he's gonna come in right away. And be our starter now. Now I'm actually confused. Are they going to use? Because he's not going to be. He's not. He's not being benched. And I really love Malcolm. So, are those two? You're looking at those two guys being your starters and, and having Alex as like that Brockers role where he's just like your leader. Or what is going to happen? Because they can't use three linebackers, are they? Are they, are they gonna- and we go to the fourth, uh, four three, or what is going on? Yeah. So very quickly on Jack Campbell's size, he's six four, two forty nine. So yeah, two forty nine. Yeah, pretty much yeah. two fifty. But shit. yeah, we ran a four six. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not he's not two fifty running a four nine like no the guy we dropped it from Hawaii. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but going back to your question is like. I, I had the same the same question too. Is like, what are we gonna do? I don't think Malcolm Rodriguez's job's in jeopardy because I think he is your outside weak side linebacker. I think that stays. But you're talking about like the guy that's on our team right now is Alex Anzalone. He's played that Mike role since he's been here, right? And they gave him the three year extension, and then they go out and draft Jack Campbell 18. The way I look at it, yeah, I agree with you. Jack Campbell, I think, has to be a day one starter. Only you take this guy pick 18 and don't have aspirations of starting him day one, especially. You know, just with his linebacker room. But it's interesting. Then why give Alex Anzalone a three-year extension? That's what I'm saying. Like, is it for a mentor role? Like, is he going to come in and be like the Michael Brockers and just mentor those guys, help them out? Maybe let like that player coach type thing. Because they played two linebackers. That's that's like the way they played last year. Yeah, I know. With two linebackers. No, are they going to switch complete as far as like switch schemes and maybe go for three and then play all three of those guys? I don't know. I, I really don't know what they do because I kind of like the defensive scheme they had last year. I thought it was working, and I don't really want too many changes this offseason because we yeah, saw what happened last yeah, year. We saw what happened last year when we started to change things. <laughs> so I would say that, that that would make sense, but you don't give a guy three years, $6 million per year to be a mentor role, in my opinion. Like That's a guy I feel like you have aspirations of starting as well. So. I, I'm really confused, honestly. I don't know what they do with Alex Anzalone, and I don't know what they do with Jack Campbell. I know one of them is going to be starting. I don't think this affects Malcolm Rodriguez. I don't. I think Malcolm is still a starter. I don't think we'll see Campbell and Alex Jack Anzalone. Campbell, Jack Campbell is going to come. He's the, he's the best linebacker in that, that room right now. So Alex Anzalone is just depth at this point? <sighs> uh... I mean, 
it has to be right. Like I, I don't know. I mean, at this point, man, they love Alex too. They do, but like I said, they love Brockers, and that's type of. I mean, that's what Brockers was able to bring you that that mentorship, leadership role. But I don't know, man. I, I really don't know how they're gonna handle it. But I could tell you that Campbell was is the best linebacker. He's going to be the best linebacker in that room. And that says a lot because Malcolm was phenomenal last year. Now, how much is Malcolm going to increase his game? Who knows? But Jack Campbell, man, he like I said, he, great in coverage, great instincts. He moves sideline to sideline. He's he's great, man. I, I really love his game. We yeah. don't have that. What he's able to bring is we don't have that type of linebacker. We don't have a linebacker that's instinctive like that. Like he can read the quarterback and and make plays on the ball. We don't have that linebacker in that room that, that was able to do that. And yeah, he I, I can tell you right, he's hundred percent starting. Now what they're gonna do between Malcolm and Alex, I don't know. Are they gonna sub those guys in back and forth? I don't they know. They don't do really do that either though. You know, they really like to play their linebackers just the whole game if they're healthy, right? <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, I know, I know, on some third downs they'll put some guys in. Who yeah, you'll see coverage. like a Derek Barnes out there, maybe instead of Malcolm because yeah, he's more yeah, physical. And goal, line, and goal line, you'll probably see Derek Barnes out there because he's bigger. That's different. Bigger, I'm saying yeah. just like a fresh set of downs, like you know, the team just starts from the 25. Like, who's going to be your two linebackers out there? I would say Jack Campbell, Malcolm. <laughs> That's but, my prediction too, but I, I don't know. <laughs> It's 100%. Jack Campbell's going to be out there. Jack There's Campbell's no going to be out there. No, yeah. Between Malcolm and Alex. Uh, uh, it point, it makes Rocky more sense for it to be Malcolm Rodriguez, though, <laughs> in that role. I don't know. I, I mean, like I said, it just doesn't, it's, it's a little confusing to me right now. But, I mean, we'll see, man. Maybe they'll just shock everybody and go 4-3 and just play all three of those guys. Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. It's just a little shocking to me you give Alex Hanzel only three years and then you take a linebacker pick 18. Wait, hey, but again, this is another thing Brad Holmes said. He does not care. <laughs> he does not care we have that position. If you're if you're a starter and, he, and if the, the best player is there, they're going to draft a the guy. They, they don't care. They go draft the best football players. And this, this falls right into that. What would you give this grade? Oh, I'm giving this an A. I, 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 I love Jack Campbell, and, and a lot of people, they, a lot of people are a little confused about it. Oh, you don't draft to stand up linebackers, and yeah. all right, I guarantee you gonna love this pick. This guy is who I think he's gonna be, and he becomes a star. You're talking about like a Luke Keekley, um, Brian Urlacher, those those type of back, those type of linebackers. You know, those really great linebackers. Nobody's gonna complain about this pick at all. Yeah. I love it. I don't know. I I'll probably lean more towards a B. I don't hate the pick. Don't love the pick. It's just interesting with the linebacker room they have right now. But like you said, Brad Holmes is obviously showing that he doesn't care about who's on the roster right now. He's going to take the guy who's best on his board. Yeah. And, and obviously that, that ended up being Jack Campbell in this situation. And and, and, and like I said, um, he is by far and – He's by far the best. He's by far the best linebacker in our room. I, I can tell you that right now. Well, for the people bitching about Alex Anzalone and why they gave him an extension, uh, I think this this helps your case. I mean, you guys wanted a linebacker, right? You wanted a linebacker. You wanted an upgrade. You got here. You go. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me on this. It's an upgrade. It's a huge upgrade. Uh, he's gonna make plays, man. You, you, I mean, you're talking about a linebacker. I mean, the last time you had a linebacker that could make plays, you're talking about DeAndre Levy, and DeAndre Levy was, you know. 
we called him a ball hawk because he was just getting in. I think he had like five interceptions a season. Like he was always around the ball, always a great instinct players. And, and that's what Jack Campbell brings. He's very instinct. He had really great instincts. And that's, I think that's what they decided. They looked back at this defense and said, you know, what is missing from this defense and his instincts. That's what was missing. Like they saw it from Aiden Hutchinson. They saw it from um, Kirby Joseph. Those are very instant players. They, they have really great instincts, and that, that's that's why they're always around the ball. Aiden Hutchinson, what, he had two, two, three interceptions last year? Three, yeah. Three interceptions. Great instincts. You know, they had other players, different positions, that had great instincts. Just imagine how many turnovers you could get. And they, they fixed that this year. You know, talking about the, the guys in the cornerback room, they got in the free agency. Now they have a linebacker with really, really great instincts. You already have your safety that have really great instincts. I mean, shit. I, I, I mean, talk about turning a defense around in one year. Uh, they did that. They did a phenomenal job. Jack Campbell is going to be great. I, I love it. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the second round. So the Lions had three second round picks coming oh, into the man. day, right? Oh, my God. And this was the pick they got from the Arizona Cardinals from trading back from pick six to pick 12. They got pick 34. They took oh, man. tight end Sam Laporta sticking with the Iowa Hawkeyes trend. I know when we've done our three-round mocks, we did two of them. You had Sam Laporta in both of them. Now, to be fair, you had him a little later in the draft. You didn't have him early second round pick. So what's your thoughts on getting Sam Laporta? I mean, we we didn't really have an early second. I, I think I had one mock that I had him at what forty eight, and I did I had another mock where I had him right at what fifty five or some some some. I think I flip flopped it both times. But Sam Porter, I mean, this is a guy who talk about when we talk about our our offense. And you're looking at you know what's the weakest link in the offense. You're, you're looking at you're looking around the room and you're you're saying you know it's either. The guard position, or you know, or the tight end. You know, the tight end position. We're really missing that guy. I mean, we have a lot of guys who are capable of being solid tight ends. They're, they're solid, but we don't have a really, we don't have a really good tight end. And um, I think Sam Porter is going to come in right away. He's now your starter, and was able to bring offensively. I think he had really great hands, great speed. Is, is it is it unfair to say that he may be an upgrade over Hawkinson? I mean, would you go that far? I wouldn't that? go that far, no. You want to go that far? No. I, I, I think between – because when Hawkinson was here, he had a lot of drop issues. I mean, we'll see how Laporta does here. But I think Laporta is going to be a really big focal point in the offense. I think Sam Laporta is going to be really good for us. And he makes that room better. And this is another – they got another starter, guys. This is a guy who come in. He's, gonna, he's your starter. He's a starter tight end. So you're looking at these first three picks, and they got three starters. I mean, you're looking at Gibbs. He's going to be running back one A or one B, so he still won something. Um, Jack Campbell, he's going to be your starting middle linebacker, and you now you have your starting tight end. So they they fixed and got better at three positions, which is great. So yes, Sam Laporta, I think he's like I said, he he's better than the the guys we currently have there, and he's our starter. So I love to pick. Yeah, with Laporta, yeah, I agree. They definitely needed a tight end and. You know, they needed a more receiving type tight end. You know, Laporta could definitely improve on his blocking. That's one aspect I, I think that's missing right now from him. And kind of like Hawkinson, like we, we were expecting more of him to be that all around tight end and be a great receiving threat, be a great blocker. And I think for the most part, Hawkinson was a really good receiving guy for us. Obviously, with some games where he was invisible, but he had those really good breakout games. And I think we're going to have that similar 
type player here with Laporta. I don't think he's as dominant as a player as Hawkinson. I think Hawkinson's a little more polished, at least coming out and what he was. But as far as getting another receiving threat, kind of like how they used Hawkinson, I could see that being the case with Laporta. Brock Wright kind of be more of your blocking tight end and obviously trying to improve on Laporta's blocking as you, as you do that. But Brock Wright's a good blocker right now. Laporta's more of a receiving guy. And, um, you know, they, they still – would they misuse Hawkinson? I would say, but they still had a role for him most games. And I think now, getting their guy in and not having that pressure of Hawkinson being a top ten pick and making all that money and having to get him involved, it's a little more easier now with Laporta. You don't have to do all that same thing with Laporta just because he isn't a top ten pick and you don't have to like get him right into the offense, kind of like Hawkinson. Because when you see TJ Hawkinson. Like, that's one name you're just like, you have to get him involved. Like, that's CJ Hawkinson. You have to get him involved. With Laporta, you don't have that same pressure to, to get him involved. But they're going to get him involved. He's going to be your tight end one in a very, you know, lackluster room. And, you know, like I said, he's, he's a good receiving type tight end. And I think he's a Dan Campbell guy. He's a very gritty, good yak guy. We've seen that at Iowa. And the track record for Iowa tight ends, they're tight end you for a reason. They have a great track record. Hawkinson, good player. George Kittle, great player. Dallas Clark, Hall of Famer. Noah Pham, solid NFL player, right? Like, they develop good tight ends there. Linebackers and tight ends. That's what the Lions just selected from Iowa. Jack Campbell <laughs> and Sam Laporta. That's what Iowa's known for. Let's go, man. They went back-to-back with that one, too, man. Yeah, they did. What would you give the greatest Sam Laporta? Sam Laporta, man, as far as positional need and um, what he's able to bring to the team, getting being, having him as a starter, going B-plus here. I agree. I'm going B-plus as well. Like I said, he's an instant impact player, day one, tight end one, in my opinion, and just gives you something that your room didn't really have. You know, Zilstra, that was kind of your receiving type tight end before, right? And now you're yeah. definitely getting a big upgrade, I think, here with Laporta over Zilstra. 100%. And that's not a shot to Zilstra. It's just, you know, I yeah. think I think Laporta's a better receiving tight end than him. Shoot, does, does Zilstra still make the team next year? That's going to be something he has to compete for in camp, I think, right now. I mean, obviously, it's a more cluttered room. You got Laporta, obviously, here. He's going to be here. I think Brock Wright has a staple on this team right now just because of his blocking aspect. We'll see. And it's going to really come down, I think, James Mitchell and and Zilstra. We'll see. Is Mitchell's development going to be there? We'll see. That's a topic that we could have Mm -hmm. in August when we we start start watching training camp and preseason games. Oh, man. I I know you're about to go to the next pick, and this next pick gets me excited. It does. Pick 48. Or They actually traded up with the Packers. Well, they traded up with the Packers. They traded up with the Packers. Go Pack Go. Thank you. We were originally pick 48, traded up three spots to pick 45, and the Lions only traded a fifth-round pick to to move up three spots. Uh, Hold on. Before we talk about the pick, did you see – our man Tom Grossi, you know, big package. Did you see his reaction when they made the trade? I did not. He was pissed. Oh, my. That <laughs> Okay, when we're done with the pod, that is something you have to go do because he was live streaming. We've had Tom Grossi in the pod. He's a great guy. Yeah, no, he's a package fan. We'll, we'll let that so slide. Funny. He's he a so funny. funny guy. That is something you need to go watch. Pause the pod and go watch the have a clip right now of when we traded up from 48 to pick 45. So the line selected Brian Branch here from Alabama. And something about this video was like, these motherfuckers better not select Brian Branch because I was like, who he wanted for the Packers at pick 45. Because <laughs> if they select Brian Branch, I'm going to be livid right now. And then that's that hilarious because last year he did the same shit where he was like, oh, they better not drop JMO because yeah. I want JMO and we drafted JMO. 
Yeah. No, it was great. But this is crazy. Brian Branch at pick 45? What's your thoughts on this, Malcolm? They got a hell of a football player. I can tell you that. They have. They got a hell of a football player. And I, I'm just a little... How are they going to use him? Are, are they, are they going to... Are you going to use him as a safety slash nickel? But then you have CJ there. So are, are they just pretty much having him as like an insurance if they don't, if they're unable to sign CJ long term? What, you can, what, you can never have a good enough football players, man. You can never have enough. Like when you get this type of talent at 45, you just make it work. I know right now it's a cluttered room and he probably doesn't have a day one role, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is insurance for CJ Gardner Johnson only being a one year deal. You don't know if that's a long term option right now. Could it be? We'll, we'll see. You know, we'll see as the season goes on. Obviously, injuries happen in this league a lot. So to have just Brian Branch be your insurance option for the safety and nickel cornerback spot, that's unbelievable. And you, to use him with your fourth pick in the draft, that is unbelievable, in my opinion, to yeah. get him at that spot. Obviously, safety position, I still think, has some questions, too. I mean, Kirby, we know he's a staple. But Tracy Walker coming off a ruptured Achilles, um, how is he going to look? Now, do I still think Tracy Walker's a starter? Absolutely, I think Tracy Walker's a starter going to the year. But now you have insurance at that safety spot and in that defensive back and in that cornerback room. He could play outside corner, too. Now, that's probably not ideal. I probably don't want to see that. But he has the option of being able to play nickel and safety. He is a CJ Gardner clone, in my opinion. That's what that's what I, that's what I comp up to. He is CJ Gardner Johnson's clone, and even if he doesn't have a day one impact, just the the ability to learn from CJ Gardner Johnson for the year is going to help his development so so much because that's a perfect mentor for him. That's the perfect player for him because he is him. He could be him in the future. Um, so I, I'm unbelievably stoked to get Brian Branch on this football team. Yeah, like I said, they got a hell of a football player, and that's the, that's like a Dan Campbell guy, man. So, I mean, he fits the team. Now, like you, like you said, he may not have an immediate role week one because, I mean, you're looking at around the room, man, like where, where can he put him? Now, could he possibly beat some guys out of a starting job, one of our safeties, or – I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Like like you said, you know, Tracy Walker's coming back off an of injury. We don't know what's going to happen. So to have that depth there, uh, I think it's really, really, really good, especially got him in the fourth round. Jesus. Second round, before fourth pick. So, yeah. say, say, second round, fourth pick. I'm sorry. Second yeah. round, fourth pick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, that's 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 so phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Phenomenal value because we thought he was going to go in the first round. You know, I, I think when you do this, and I want, I want to talk about this, like if you reshape this draft order – I think a lot of people's opinions would change before, right? Like, I, I think if we said we selected Brian Branch at 12, we got Jameer Gibbs at pick 18, took Jack Campbell at pick 34, and took Sam Laporta here at pick 45, let's say hypothetically, I think the thoughts of Lions fans would completely change it would. of how the draft would go. And it's it crazy just how you, if you shuffled around a little bit. Same players, yeah. just shuffle where you got them picked. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some, like I said, some, as long as you get your guys, man, that's all that matters. Where they're drafted at, really, I mean, yeah, contract and, and money is, is a factor. But besides that, man, I think I, th- I think it's 
it's whatever, man. Think you know, as long as you get your guys, you get your guys, man. And that's why I ultimately feel better because coming out day one and just coming out with Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell, I was skeptical. I'm like, I, I don't know about this. But then I think when you really sit down and you get to see day two and you get to see the whole thing, right? You just get to see the whole draft, how it all plays out. I think you feel a lot more confident. And that's just how I was. Like I was watching day two and I'm just – I'm like, let's go, man. We just get Sam Laporta. We get a tight end one and then we get Brian Branch at pick 45. Like you freaking kidding me? I was – that was my favorite pick of the whole draft, honestly. Just where you got him, the type of player that I think he is. Like this is a guy I remember sitting at Ford Field. Like I said, I didn't really have a clue what the lines were going to do. But I would have not been mad if they took Brian Branch at 12. I really would have not been mad if they took Brian Branch at 12. I like him that much. I think he's that good of a football player. Yeah, he is. He's a really, I guess a really good football player. Really great football player. And he matches what they do, man. He's a Dan Campbell guy. So I'll take it even an extra step. I think he's more of an Aaron Glenn guy. That's a guy that Aaron Glenn's gonna yeah. have so much fun with. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Glenn, yeah. They yeah, they're gonna I think they're all gonna have fun with him, man. I I love the pick. I'm going A. You're going A? Mm-hmm. Uh I'm going I'm going A. I'm going I'll go eight here as well. Yeah, I just I don't I don't think it could get any better. You know, like there was no one on the board. Like I'm like, okay, this has to be Brian Branch. Like you look at just how the board was falling out, even in a clutter room. There's zero complaints here. So, yes, I love this pick by Brian Branch. My favorite pick of the whole draft. All right. So the Lions were scheduled to have a third second round pick. They ended up trading back two times, uh, getting some future draft capital. So they ended up making the pick at pick 68. This was originally the Denver Broncos pick. This interesting one, quarterback Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. What's your reaction, Malcolm? Uh, so Hendon Hooker. Now, a lot of people are probably going to be, be a little bit confused about my reaction with this pick because, you know, I've been a really big golf guy, you know, but. I think where they drafted Hooker is not to take golf's job. Now, is there a, a possibility? Does he? Does Hendon Hooker have a chance to develop into a star, and then eventually take, you know, golf's job, which every pretty much, I would say, seventy percent of Lions fans is hoping for. He has a shot, but that's not what they drafted Hooker for. They drafted him to be a backup. He's going to be pushing um, Nate Sudfield for a job, pretty much. So. With his role here as a backup, I love the pick. I mean, yeah, I think what you're getting from Hooker is that, you know, his ceiling is that he, you know, develops into a really great quarterback and then they could, you know, move off of golf and then you have a guy who's could come right in immediately um, and, and be our future quarterback. That That's the ceiling. Now, the floor is you have a really good backup. You know, you have a really good backup to be a backup for golf. And... You know, those odds, I mean, I'll take that any day. And the hooker is a guy who, you know, he showed a production in college, really great, you know, <laughs> really great numbers in college. And he has a really great deep ball, man. So I love the pick, man. I just want to see how he is here and um, as a pro and how he's able to handle everything as a pro. And especially his injury. I know he's I know he's coming off injury. I want to see how he recovers and um, how he handles things as a pro, man. But I'm excited. I mean, I had him mocked in one of my mock drafts as well coming to Detroit. So I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I think like you said, at the very least, I think you're getting a, a good backup option, which was a big concern for a lot of Lions fans. Is the the insurance if if Goff would ever go down, right? God forbid he has to ever go down, but like you wanted an insurance option and potentially a future quarterback. And I think this was good risk here. Now, if they took Hendon Hooker with that pick 34, maybe you're not as stoked. Or if they got him at 18, you're probably not happy at all, right? I think where they took him and what they did this offseason 
you had the ability to make a move like this. Your first three selections are all day one impact players. Brian Branch is going to be an impact some way to your football team. Maybe not day one, but he's going to be an impact to your football team some way. So your first four picks are going to have some type of impact pretty early on in the process. Now, Hooker is going to be your developmental guy, and they could do that at this spot, getting four talented players and the the free agency that they had. They had the opportunity to go a little more project right here. And the value that they got him here is unbelievable. Pick 68 in the third round for Hendon Hooker. This is a guy, if he doesn't get hurt, probably a first-round pick. Maybe an early second round pick, but like at the very least, like, I think he's a first round first, pick. First, he's first he's, round, he's a talented player, pick. man. He's a very talented player. This guy was in the Heisman race. Now his age, yeah, he's he's older. He's twenty five years old already, which is kind of crazy. He's only two years younger than Jared Goff, who's been the least since twenty sixteen, which is kind of nuts. But, but <laughs> take that out. Um, he's a good player, man. You mentioned the college productions there. It's gonna be interesting to see how he translates to the league because. Yes, he was in the SEC and had those phenomenal numbers. People have some questions of how his style could transit the league because their their offense was very college-style offense, and it's not your traditional pro-style offense. So we'll see how he translates. But, you know, I think NFL Network made this comparison. It was Mark Brunel, you know, a guy that was in a college-style offense, I think coming off an injury as well, and he kind of fell in the draft. That's kind of what Hendon Hooker is right now, story-wise. Like he, they have very similar stories. I know Brunel was a lefty, obviously, but and he gets to be coached up by Mark Brunel because that is our quarterback yeah. coach. I was gonna say that Mark Brunel is our quarterback coach. Yeah, so he's gonna have the opportunity to coach him up, and they have very similar stories coming to the league. I believe they're both older as well coming into the league, but you know, guys that fell in the draft and Brunel had a really good career, a very efficient career, and <laughs> this is gonna be really interesting. I like Hendon Hooker a lot. He was probably my fourth quarterback overall in this draft like if i had to rank them i think after bryce young and, and cj strout i mean you could maybe even argue for my, t- my quarterback three i wasn't a big richardson guy and i wasn't a really big levis guy and hooker was right in that conversation as well so you could kind of flip-flop them but i, I like it yeah i like i like hooker a lot so let me ask you a question are you looking at Hendon hooker more like a project type quarterback or yes you are okay I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Like, I, I know that he didn't really play in a pro style offense, but I think he has all the tools to, if needed. I mean, like I said, if he wasn't injured, you're talking about take away the injury, and he was just drafted. You think he'll need time to sit and learn the game? Well, or you think you do you think that if he wasn't injured, he could come in day one and potentially be a starter? I don't know if he's a day one starter, like as a quarterback. I, I don't. I don't know if he's that type of player, especially with the injury, and if he's going to miss some time and like OTAs. Let's say hypothetically, no, 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 no. that's a take away injury. Take out the injuries. Take away injuries. So say if he was never hurt, he was drafted in the first round because I think that's where he would have went if he wasn't hurt. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's smart enough to catch up to an NFL offense and be a, a starter day one if he okay. wasn't hurt. I got you. I but now, because- but now with him being hurt, I think that that could obviously put some stopgap and and cause some delay. Yeah, because now he's rehabbing and he's focusing more on on rehab. And yep. you know, is he going to be able to be there for OTAs and all the you know training camp, mini camp, all that stuff? Is he going to be there? Uh, I don't know. I think at the very least, though, like you said, I think we got a high end backup, and God forbid, Goff ever goes down. I think you feel a lot more comfortable now after getting Hendon Hooker than you would before. Yeah, definitely, because he's a better quarterback than Nate Sudfield. These. I would hope he is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he's not better than Nate Sudfield, that's a question. Yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's a concern. Yeah. yeah, that's a big concern. But um, no, great pick. I love it. It's a great. 
I'm giving this one a B. B. I agree. I think the positional value was good. They got him in the third round. I think, at the, like you said, at the very least, you got a good backup quarterback. And we'll see what happens. This is going to be a fun project to keep up with, definitely. And I hope he's ready for the preseason because I want to see him in the preseason with the Lions. Oh, me too. I want to watch him, dude. I think that'd be so fun. Yeah, me too. 100%. Him and J-Mo? Because J-Mo could play in the preseason. J-Mo could play in the preseason. That could be mm. fun. Yeah. So yeah, I can't wait, man. We'll see. All right. Lions traded up a two, a fourth and two fifths to make this selection in the third round. They traded back up. I believe I should have known this. I believe it was with the Cardinals. So they traded up and grabbed defensive tackle Broderick Martin at pick ninety six. Defensive tackle. What's your thoughts, Broderick Martin? Now I know from what I know of him is that he's really he's ginormous. Big fucker. Big, like, big, big fucker. Big. Poof. Ooh, huge. What is he? Like 330, 340? Yeah, about. Do you have his... I'll pull it up. Keep talking. I'll pull yeah, it up. Yeah, I know he's huge. And um, I I really think that, you know, coming into this draft, defensive tackle is a really big hole that we had. And we needed a guy who could come in, help stop the run. And I think that that's what they got here with Martin. Now, I think he'll come in. Don't really know if he's going to be instant starter. I think he'll be battling with a lot of guys um, for that role. You know, Isaiah Bugs is there. You know, we still have um, Lee McNeil. So he, there's a lot of bodies there. So I, I don't know if he's going to be an instant starter. Go ahead, Tyler. 320, 65 320 was the, the official six, Western six. Kentucky, Western Kentucky uh, stat. Uh, that's where they list him on their website. Yeah. I, I think he's bigger. I think he's bigger than that now. And that, that, that was Western Kentucky. I think that's coming in college. That's probably his, 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 um, his weight. But I think he's bigger than that. Than oh, that. wow. No. Okay. On NFL.com, 337. 337. I'm telling yeah. you, he's a big, big, big guy. Big guy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, We'll see. Now he's coming in. He's definitely going to play nose tackle, being three thirty-seven. Yes, one hundred percent. So we'll see, man. Is he going to be the starting nose tackle, or are you going to put McNeil more as three tech? Is is that the role? Because McNeil is another big guy. He's like three twenty as well. He's, I think. I think they want to make McNeil more of a three tech. Yeah, because he's quick. So he has a really quick. He's really quick, twitchy. So we'll we'll see how they how how they handle that. Um, but. You know, worst case scenario, Martin's gonna bring you death for that for that position. So, I I, I like the pick, man. We needed a different tackle. We got one. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you and act like I knew who Broderick Martin was before the draft because I didn't, and I had to do some research after they made the selection and just reading around. But a lot of people did. Yeah, you know, obviously, I think you got a guy that is gonna be a rotational guy, and we needed some depth there for sure. Like that's one position they didn't really address too much in the offseason that defensive tackle spot. And I think we looked at that spot of maybe being able to dress in this draft or potentially in free agency, and they didn't really do it in free agency, so they they go out and get Broderick Martin here at ninety six. And you know what I mean? You know my, my my thoughts. I love these big fuckers. I love guys who could stuff the run, and I, I think that's something that we got here with with Broderick Martin. Now we'll see how the game translates because from translating from Western Kentucky to the NFL is obviously a big jump. So we'll see how it translates. They got to work with him at the East Shrine Bowl game. I'm, I'm interested to see this. It brings depth. We needed depth at the spot. Um, and I trust Brad Holmes trust him because he has given me no reason not to trust his judgment. So if this is a guy that he thought was worth trading up for 
for a position that we need really badly. Let's let's see what happens. Let's see how it works. One hundred percent. Now, if this was Bob Quinn, Liz last year in his draft, and I had no idea who this guy was, maybe I question a little bit more. Oh, but I'm shit. giving Brad Holmes the judge uh, benefit <laughs> of the doubt because there's no reason for me to. I didn't know who James Houston was. I didn't know who Malcolm Rodriguez was before the draft last year either, and those guys ended up being really good for us. Yeah. So, um, if I had to give this a grade, you got a position of need. I think he's gonna have an impact if he if he could translate. Uh, let's let's go B minus. You know, B minus, and I'm actually um, a little bit harder on this one than you are. I mean, and it's a little bit unfortunate. Not it had nothing to do with the player, um, because again, I didn't know much about him before the the, the selection. I look up, look up, look him up. Um, I'm giving this one a C plus. Uh, yeah, I'm just giving this one a C plus. I, I think you know we we didn't need a tight end, uh, not tight end, defensive tackle. We didn't need a defensive tackle. They did draft one. Um, I just want to see how much he's able to bring. Is he, is he, is he even going to be a starter for the team or is he going to be a rotation for a guy? There's a lot of questions I have, so I'm yeah. going to see plus. The reason why is just there wasn't many guys at the board at that point where I'm like, whoa, we have to get this guy. Like, oh, how is he still there? Like, you know, there was anyone like that, and I think we got a very big position in need here. So, I, yeah. like I said, I'm just going by Brad Holmes' judgment. The only other defensive tackle I would have liked up maybe – Maybe the front select was the tight end, or not tight end. You maybe got seen tight ends. Uh, the defense yeah. tackle from Baylor, Ika, uh, Yake Ika. Yeah. But I believe he had some medical problems. So he only fell two picks farther than Broderick, uh, Broderick Martin. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I'm interested to see how this, how this pick works out. So, all right. That was day two. Let's go into day three. The Lions had two selections, had a fifth-round pick and a seventh-round pick. So no fourth-round and no sixth-round pick. So in the fifth round at pick 152, the Lions take offensive lineman Colby Soresdale. I hope I'm saying that right. How do you like that pick, Malcolm? Uh, I mean, just this, this like, this like Martin. Um, I'm, I'm going to lie to you. Um, before this election, I did not know much of this guy. Um, but as I looked him up and, and looked into him, um, he looks like a really great football player. Um, really, we needed some online death, and I think we got it here. I think th- I think he can be one of those guys who, when we look back at this draft, we're going to be like, man, how did, how, how did, how did he fall so far? I think he's going to have a big role in the team. I think he's gonna be could be your your swing tackle, you know. So we'll see, we'll see how they handle this, and um, let's see his role for his team, man. See that? <laughs> I see that. He's wearing a cowboy hat. That's your boy. You know, I love these type of players, like in these small FCS schools, and you give me an offensive lineman from the East Shrine Bowl game in the fifth round. You know, I'm gonna be geeked about that, even if I had no idea who the player was beforehand. Just seeing the picture of that. I'm like, I love this guy. This guy is <laughs> this pick's already an immediate A. Even if I have no idea who the player is, he is the, like I, this is a this is a perfect player I look for. This is the perfect grit I look for in players. And I could just see Dan Campbell falling in love with this guy. I wish we had hard knocks just to watch Colby Soresdale. That's what I. That's how much I love this guy already. Just to see him. <laughs> just to watch him. That's how much I love this guy already. Oh, I. Love this guy just from that cowboy picture. Him wearing a cowboy hat that, that got did, me. That got me hooked. Did, did, let me ask you: Did you know much of him prior? I to had him? no idea who he was. And then no. looked up, he saw him with the cowboy hat. Cowboy hat. I'm like, oh, I like this guy. I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> now that's probably the worst draft analysis you'll ever get, right? But yeah. I don't care. I don't care. I just like him. This is the type of player I look for. FCS school offensive lineman. This is grit. 
Now, okay, now let's get into what Brad Holmes said about this guy because he he obviously is a guy who played tackle at I don't even remember the school William St Mary's I believe it was. Yeah, one of something schools. like that, right? It was some random school you never heard of until you got Colby Soresdale. Um, now, something I thought Brad said that was interesting in his in his conference when they when they interviewed and they asked him about him was, "What do you think his role on this team?" and they said, we want to try him out at different spots. And they got to see him play guard at the East Shrine Bowl game. So they saw, they saw some versatility, obviously, enough to draft him. So I think this is a guy, obviously, who played offensive tackle in college. And I think he's going to compete for that swing tackle spot with Matt Nelson. But I also think he gives you some guard depth, too, as well. And it's obviously a position the Lions needed very badly. It's something we talked about a lot in this pre-draft process of getting some guard depth. And they did that this free and getting back Graham Glasgow. So I think this is a guy that is going to have some depth to your offensive line. Again, don't really know much about the full player, but I'm really intrigued. I'm really interested to see what he can bring to the table in training camp. I think this could be some depth that they needed very much. And like I said, if they were comfortable enough to take him and they believe that he could be versatile, it, it, it's a solid pick. Yeah, 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 I agree, man. I think, yeah, I think he's a really good football player, man. So you already kind of gave a hint on what you're grading. Yeah, hey. You give him an A. A. <laughs> I'm biased. Uh, you're biased. Okay, I'm going. I'm going to be minus here. Um, just just because. Uh, I mean, no, no. I change. I change it. I change it to a B. Solid B. I think it's a solid B. I think it's a solid pick. Um, you know, I think he's going to contribute to the team in a very positive way. Whether it's going to be swing tackle or a backup guard. Um, we needed the O line death, and we we got it. So uh, yeah, I'm giving this a B. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a shot this guy doesn't even make the football team. I mean, it's the fifth round. It's pick 152. There, there's a legitimate shot he doesn't even make the football team. Yeah. But, I mean, if this was any other GM, you would say that. But, I mean, this is Brad Holmes. Now, is it unfair to say that for Brad Holmes? Because, like, say if we get some guys now that don't make the team fifth, sixth round, you know, later in the draft, would that be like a hit on Brad Holmes? No, because we got spoiled the last two years, honestly. I think that's yeah. really what it is. We got spoiled. Like, it, it, let's be honest. We don't really get many drafts like what Brad Holmes does last year. You don't. You just don't get that often. You know, yeah. I, I think teams, in, don't, yeah, teams don't do that in general. In reality, you really ask for to get three, four starters out of every draft. Like three to four guys that are going to contribute for your football team and going to be here for a while. That's what you usually ask for out of a draft. Last year, we got, I mean, the whole entire draft class was helped contribute in a positive way outside of one player, and that was the seventh round pick, Chase Lucas. Yeah, and that's because he was what? Uh, was he hurt or was he on uh, just a practice squad? He was hurt, and, you know, just there wasn't really much of a role for him. But yeah, he was hurt. Okay. But you know what I mean? Like, we got spoiled the last two years. So, the, like, there's a shot that Colby doesn't even make the team, right? He's going to have to compete for that spot with Matt Nelson, I believe. And that's going to be a competition to watch, I think, in August. Yeah. So. All right, last pick of the draft. This was a seventh-round pick. This is actually a pick, like I said, it was the pick swap with the Eagles and the DeAndre Swift trade. So originally we were slotted to pick, I believe, it was 249, ended up being 219. We took wide receiver Antonio Green. What's your thoughts on that? Um, just like the last two players, man, I'm not going to lie to you. I did not look too much into him prior to us selecting him. Now, after we selected him, I did see that he does have really great hands. Um, I did see some one hand 
catches in there um, that he was making. So he looked like a receiver that could make, um, you know, those spectacular catches. You might see some one-handers here and there. But um, I think for that value, I think he's a really good pick. Now, in the seventh round, he may be a guy that, you know, makes a team and make could make an impact, uh, you know, offensively to the team. You know, who knows? Um, but I, I think for that value and, and, you know, what he's able to bring, I think it's a really good pick. Yeah. Again, I, I didn't really know much about him either as well. But we're coming into the draft and they made the selection in the seventh round. And it's usually going to be your, your reaction when you see seventh round picks. You're probably not going to know much about the guy or, or just not know the guy at all. But again, it's a position that they definitely need some depth at. And they got that. And it's going to be interesting to see how he is, you know, how he's going to compete. Again, he's not a, a lock to make this football team. It's a seventh-round pick at the end of the day. So, you know, you're here to compete. You got a room that definitely could use another body or two of depth. You know, I think they have some locks there, obviously, with St. Brown. And when Jameson Williams comes back, he's going to be here. And then you have Raymond, Marvin Jones, and Josh Reynolds. I think those guys are all locked. I think they could use another guy or two, especially when Jameson – especially with James Williams' suspension for the first six games. So he's going to have an opportunity. And it looks like, you know, they want to secure that opportunity and not even risk in the undrafted market. And they drafted him in the seventh round. So I'm interested. Yeah, 100%. I think I think that the whole James Williams situation is is kind of huge for him. Because I think, I mean, he would have to be really, really, really bad to not make the roster initially because of the whole James situation. So I, I think that, you know, he does – crack in there and make the he, I think he should make the roster and um let, let's see how he could help out for the with the team for the first six weeks you know is he gonna be a you know special just a special teamer guy or is he gonna come in and you know play offensively and make some plays yeah I mean they've brought in some other guys which I want to get into in the un, undrafted market again I don't think guys were too too familiar with but I think they're gonna have pretty much the same opportunities as, as Antonio Green is is they brought in wide receiver Keontae Thompson from Virginia and they also brought in wide receiver Chase Coda from Oregon and I saw one highlight of Chase Coda it was a phenomenal catch uh, versus Oregon State again not the greatest analysis but I saw one highlight clip from him and <laughs> Sweet, but like, one, play. one play, but like that's my point. It's like, I think these guys are all gonna have an opportunity to kind of compete with that wide receiver depth being a little shaky, especially with Jameson Williams being out, and obviously no Cephas here anymore. And Stanley Berryhill, if we had any stock in him, but you know what I mean? Like, there's definitely room for competition here that they have opportunity to make this 53 man roster. Yeah, 100%. Oh, you did mention briefly the, the names of the wide receivers, but who are some other guys who we draft, picked up? Undrafted, yeah. So some interesting ones that kind of stood out to me, I'll mention the whole list, but some guys that really stuck out to me was running back Muhammad Ibrahim from Minnesota. This is a guy I actually liked a lot, and I was kind of shocked that he went undrafted. He got injured last year, but I remember him in 2021. This guy's a very, very fun player, big power back, a guy that, you know, he I, I, I can see him really legitimately competing for this football team as that RB3 spot. Obviously, the one and two spots are locked with Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. But after that, don't really have much running back depth. Justin Jackson right now is a free agent. Craig Reynolds is on your roster. He's going to have an opportunity to compete for that spot. But Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift are gone. So there's definitely room for some competition here. And I'm really, really intrigued to see uh, Mohamed Ibrahim, and they gave him a pretty hefty guarantee, $100,000 guaranteed money. So that shows they have some confidence. They liked him, and he's going to have an opportunity to compete for sure. 
Is that is that like normal? Did he get that much money to the um, these? No, he, he got a bigger bump than all these guys. He got the biggest one. Okay. So he probably was trying to t- let him know that, look, they probably wanted him. In yeah, the draft, I, mean, but- I mean, obviously undrafted, he could go to any team. So they went out and made an emphasis to get him. So ended up landing him. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, man. I think I, 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 how, how would you grade overall this whole draft? If I had to grade the whole draft as a whole, I think they got guys that are going to help contribute now. I think they got guys that are going to help contribute for the future. I'll go B+. Plus. You go B+. Plus. I will go the same. I'm going B+. Plus. I'm just pretty much thinking in my head of all the grades I gave and pretty much looking for an average. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going B+. Plus. I think what they did is they definitely achieved their goal, and that is making the football team better. And they definitely did that. I think they got a handful of starters from this draft. And that's just saying, that, you know, they're able to upgrade a lot of positions as well. And they, they were able to bring in a lot of good football players. So, I, uh, yeah, B plus. Um, I wouldn't even hate an A minus so, so if that was a grade as well. I mean, outside of Lions fan, I'm pretty sure nobody's giving us an A minus. But no. um, I, I think B plus is really fair. And, um, yeah, I, I just love what they did. I think we got better. Between man, b- between free agency and the draft, I think the Lions absolutely killed it, and um, I'm just excited for the season, man. Me too, man. I, I think, like you said, they just got guys that are gonna help contribute right away, and guys that are here for for the long run too. Now, I just love that they maximize this window right now. Like they, like we talked about, it, they have this three to five year window right now, and I think they have the roster right now that you feel confident with. It, it's just good everywhere. Like you have good depth everywhere now there's not really one spot where i'm really concerned about you know with hooker at quarterback if he works out i think you have good depth at quarterback tight end now you have laporta we saw they were fine without a guy like laporta last year so you have depth there offensive line maybe that's the most questionable one right now i think depth wise but defensively you, you look at this defensive line there's a lot of guys there linebacker now you got jack campbell in that room that defensive pack room they completely cleaned you know and they brought a whole new slate of guys running back. I think you feel confident. Like there's just good depth everywhere. Like the starters are good, but you feel confident about the guys behind them too, because there's going to be some injuries throughout the season. And like I said, man, I feel confident to say this team is a top three team in the NFC right now. Yeah, definitely. And uh, to, to talk about your the offensive line, I, I, I think they're perfectly fine. That's wise because they have a lot of guys who's very versatile. You know, you know, there's a guy, a lot of guys like, for example, you know, Holly Pujay Vitae. Like, if if a tackle gets hurt, not necessarily have to put, you know, what's it called, um, Matt Nelson out there. Yeah, you can just you can swing and put um, Holly Pute out there. Now, I think Halepute Vitae is a better tackle than Matt Nelson, so he may be able to hold, hold his own for a couple of games if needed. So I think he could move Halepute Vitae all around the offensive line, maybe except the center position. But anywhere on the offense, as a guard tackle, you can move him around. Then you have the same flexibility with Graham Glasgow, not as far as a tackle, but if your center goes down, you know, now you have Graham Glasgow playing center. And um or if a guard goes down if you know you can move him to a guard. So I think they're they're as far as death wise, I think they're 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 okay. Because we'll they, just because just because of the versatility that they have in that room. That's interesting, yeah, because I didn't really like even factor Big V playing tackle and I don't know if that's something that they would do because it's obviously been a couple of years now since he's played the, the offensive tackle position but th- that could be something they they do potentially right I, I think he's way better than Matt Nelson yeah <laughs> and we'll see what 
Colby could do. Colby Source, yeah. though. I mean, that's yeah. a name. I mean, yeah, obviously, exactly. we're not we're not going to lock him into that swing tackle, offense cycle three right now. But like, if he can impress at camp, maybe I feel a little bit better about that depth than I do right now. Yeah. But like, I just don't know that yet because I haven't seen him yet in, in the Lions uniform. We have not. Yeah, that's why. That's why I really didn't even factor him in there right now. Mm-hmm. We, I haven't seen anything from him. I mean, she will. We'll see, but. Yeah. I just like the versatility, man. I think they could, you know, shuffle guys around if needed and and, and, and make things work. I feel that confidence right now in the defensive back room right now, just especially getting CJ Gardner Johnson, who obviously can play everywhere, and then now you got Brian Branch, his clone, who could play everywhere as well. I think that's freaking amazing. And then you got two legitimate outside corners, and then you got Jerry Jacobs there as well. Now, let me ask you a question. Were, were you a little bit disappointed or, or shocked that they, that they didn't go – cornerback like an outside corner somewhere in this draft no because the whole situation with you know we're looking down the road next year the only guys on the contract is cam Sutton and and jacobs is it jacobs i don't think jacobs is on the contract next year i think well, he's cam- restricted but like you know he, oh, okay got he, you so he, he cam Sutton, he'll be here if he's good cam Sutton, chase lucas and jacobs that's what you're looking at the guys who are currently on the contract so were you, were you a little bit shocked that they, that they didn't go after a guy and maybe lock him in long-term, maybe even Manny Mosley, who has an injury history? You know. We've seen Brad Holmes who can get corners very easily. It's not just this offseason free agency that he can go out and get starting corners day one. That's true. So, no, I'm not concerned that they didn't take a corner, uh, like in this, an outside corner in this whole draft, honestly. Okay. Really not. You know, maybe – they could have if there was a guy there. If if they liked a guy, I think they would have done it. But I just don't think there was something that fit their board and where they were picking to go get a, a corner. And like I said, we've seen Brad Holmes being able to go get starting corners. We had nothing last year. Well, all we had was Jerry Jacobs, and right now he's competing for our cornerback to our our second outside cornerback spot with Mosley probably right now. I respect you for acknowledging last year that we had nothing last year. We had nothing last year. <laughs> we had nothing in that cornerback room outside of Jerry Jacobs. <laughs> They're all gone. Jeff Okuda's gone. Well, we still have Will Harris. Will Harris is here, but he's not starting. Yeah, definitely. I, he, he better not. Bro, with all this depth, he better not be started. <laughs> shoot, I mean, he's on, he, shoot, he might not even make the team. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, they, they're pretty deep everywhere. Maybe it takes CJ Moore's spot on special teams potentially. That's that could, a spot. That could be a spot for him, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But before we end this episode, let's just read through this undrafted list. Again, there's not going to be much analysis here, but we'll just read some names out and we'll end the show. So uh, starting off with offensive tackle Connor Galvin from Baylor, linebacker Isaac Dark Angelo from Illinois, quarterback Kans- Adrian Martinez from Kansas State. Uh, you guys probably remember him from Nebraska if you guys are Big Ten fans. Mentioned running back Mohamed Ibrahim from Minnesota. Cornerback Starling Thomas from UAB. Offensive lineman Brad Cecil from South Florida. They got another offensive tackle, Ryan Schwitterbada from UCF. Wide receiver Chase Coda from Oregon. Got safety Brandon Joseph from Notre Dame. Got defensive end Zach Morton from Akron. You got wide receiver Keontae Thompson from Virginia. And then you got defensive tackle Chris Smith from Notre Dame. And then you got linebacker Trevor Nowiski from Saginaw Valley State. So you got a hometown kid here, or at least from played in the hometown of Michigan. So there you go. That's your undrafted list. There it is. All right. Well, Malcolm, you got anything else to add on this draft or ready to head out? 
Man, I'm ready to head out, man. Let's go Lions, man. Let's go for the smackdown for the season, man. Let's go, man. Let's go, baby. All right, guys. Hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. And I want to give a big shout out to my guy, Malcolm, Pierre, if he's listening right now, because draft coverage this year was another success. A lot of fun. And, you know, it's just nothing you could ask for, man. I love doing this with our boys every single year. I believe this is our fifth draft that we've covered since defense doing this so uh it, it's been a lot of fun couldn't ask for a better squad to do with so just big shout out to my guys malcolm and pierre oh man i appreciate that man yeah man same here man uh when we're talking about drafting you guys man it's been it's been great the debate's been amazing uh you know just it's been very fun overall man so i really enjoy it with you guys um with the whole draft um concept and everything yeah and a big shout out to all the listeners for tuning in every single week man you guys are the reason why we keep doing this and you know why we have the fuel to keep recording and do all this research on these draft guys and you know make all these mock drafts and have all the interaction on twitter and instagram so just a big shout out to all you guys for tuning in for all the draft coverage couldn't ask for a better audience so hope you guys all enjoyed it throughout the whole draft process and we'll obviously have some new content as we'll transition now to the 2023 regular season schedule dropping out very soon we'll have that stuff coming out so it's gonna it's gonna be you know it's gonna be a fun year and i can't wait for training camp all right y'all um well it's your boy malcolm and i am out peace Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.